Hello and welcome to My Career Podcast by Pathway CTM. I'm Izzy and today I'm joined by Magda and Daniel from Accenture. Magda and Daniel, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi everyone, I'm Magda. I'm the recruitment specialist here at Accenture, looking after the apprenticeship programs, um, so across London and Birmingham. And I also was an apprentice prior to my current role. Cool. Hi, and you, Daniel? I'm Daniel, and I'm current. I'm a graduate apprentice. I'm currently working as a back-end engineering tech lead at one of our public service clients. Amazing. So, who are Accenture, Magda? Like, if you're trying to tell a school leaver, young person, some, or even a parent or teacher, how would you describe Accenture? So Accenture overall, I guess the gist of what we do is that we're a global tech consulting company who is all about helping our clients improve their services, maybe increase um, their profits, or just kind of support with their customer experiences by utilizing technology. Mm -hmm. And Daniel, what did you think of Accenture before you joined? How did you hear about them? What were your initial perceptions of them? Yeah, I'm, I mean, Accenture wasn't a company I've ever heard of before I came into looking into apprenticeships because um, they're not like your typical big tech name like the um, Facebooks, Googles. Yeah. Um, but after taking a look into them, I realized that they were on the other end of technology. So rather than being a products company that delivers stuff to you, like an Apple that deliver your iPhones and stuff like that, they're actually a company that is a consultancy. So they consult on top, like on behalf of certain clients and build things that other clients can't build themselves. Um, so finding out about them was just generally like just Google searching and doing some research. But um, yeah, it, it, I think I'm quite happy with where I am now because <laughs> I hate being boxed into doing one thing. So Accenture gives you the ability to do a lot of things because we consult over various types of products. Mm -hmm. And what's your specific role within that? Yes, so as for me, um, in my current client, I'm a public service client. Um, so what I do is that I am responsible for all um, the backend related stuff um, that my project delivers, which kind of, using an analogy that I always like to use is, so imagine you go into a restaurant, you come, you order, you see a menu, mm -hmm. and then you tell the waiter, Waiter, this is what I want. Waiter goes to the chef. Chef goes, okay, I'm going to make your food. Chef gives the food to the waiter. Waiter brings the food back to you. I'm responsible for building the waiter and all the stuff behind the scenes. So the chef that's actually doing the cooking, as well as the waiter that's going to um, collect your order and mm -hmm. also then get your food. So essentially, in a technology sense, that's all the data that you're asking for. And building the interfaces that pass that data around, as well as the backend systems that actually process to generate the information you need. Amazing. And that's such a good analogy to use because I think so many young people and parents and teachers don't actually understand what companies like yours do. <laughs> and I'm sure you hear that all the time um, within assessment centres and, you know, when you're going out to schools. And Magda, could you just explain a bit about what Accenture's programmes look like? So if I'm a young person, I'm in year 12, maybe I've got an interest in tech, maybe I don't. What are my opportunities at Accenture? Yeah, of course. So if you are interested in technology, like Daniel was, um, you can go for our digital technology solutions um, degree apprenticeship program. So that is basically, um, I guess the modules are very similar to what you would get in software engineering, mm -hmm. um, but with a specialism in IT consulting, because obviously we're IT, uh, an IT consulting firm. Um, and pretty much within that, you'll look at things like infrastructure, cybersecurity, obviously programming languages and stuff like that. Um, and then you'll be attending University of East London. So that's the university 
that we partner with and you'll be going to uni one day a week and then you'll be with us for the remainder four days mm -hmm. obviously on client projects that may kind of vary across um, comms and media so like your um, BTs and um, EE or Disney etc um, or you could go into health and public sector like what Daniel's in currently financial services resources products so obviously the kind of list is endless mm -hmm. of where you could work within um, and obviously you'll be doing a more technical role Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously if you was to opt out for a less technical opportunity, um, it would be our consultant apprenticeship um, that also provides you with a chartered manager status um, qualification. So not only would you get a degree, you'd also get a chartered manager status mm -hmm. um, certification at the end of that too. Um, and that once again is a degree um, and it's very similar process, one day a week at uni, four days at Accenture, and then it's with University of East London as well. Amazing. And what does that process look like in terms of when do you usually open, you know, the times of year that are really key yeah. for people that might be listening to this that are interested? What is something that you would tell them about, you know, when should you look out for Accenture? Yeah, no, of course. So in terms of applications that open, usually on an annual basis, they open between October to November. Mm -hmm. um, and then they usually stay open um, roughly towards um, the end of Feb. Mm -hmm. But however, we do encourage people to apply early because not only is it competitive, we do also occasionally close early um, if obviously we've received loads and loads of applications. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely if you are, if you are interested interested in joining I would definitely encourage people to start looking out probably around September October times kind of gearing up yeah um, and then by October November applications should be open mm -hmm. amazing thank you and Daniel what was your experience like with first of all finding out about Accenture and then talk us a bit through how you were how you're feeling in year 13 and what that looked like for you and why did you choose an apprenticeship route did you even apply to university um yeah so the apprenticeship experience was like application process was a bit interesting because i had always thought i was going to go to uni mm -hmm. um and a bit of backstory i actually wanted to do computer science in sixth form but my sixth form didn't offer it because apparently there wasn't enough interest which is quite weird given where we are now yeah <laughs> everything is technology um so i did maths chemistry physics um so no previous experience in like computer science or anything like that but i knew that that's where i wanted to go so I started looking into, you know, one of my friends actually told me about degree apprenticeship. So without him, so a bit plugs to him, actually, um, <laughs> I wouldn't have ever known about degree apprenticeships at all. Mm -hmm. So he told me about it and I thought, wait, this is a no brainer. I can go to uni for free. I can get experience um, and I can get paid. Like, why else would I yeah. not do this? Um. Um, so with that in mind, I started looking at um, companies that offered them. So initially, like the big four, like PwC's, Deloitte's, um, IBM, so on and so forth. And then one day I actually went to this um, careers thing that was run by like the London Borough at the time. Um, and there I found a company called Avanade, which is actually an Accenture yeah. subsidiary. So through them, I had, um, they also said, oh, do you, uh, do you know about our parent company Accenture? They also offer apprenticeships. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I went home, looked into it and I applied. Um, and from there, kind of just went on, applied to quite a few um, and in the end got Accenture. But yeah, the, the main like, deal breaker for me was that one I actually get a free degree like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm debt free right now and I also gained three years of experience that I wouldn't have gained otherwise because right now I still have friends who have gone to uni um graduated in September and are still looking for jobs mm -hmm. um and the market is just quite tight so I'm just very grateful for you know where I am now mm -hmm. to do apprenticeship yeah 
Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really interesting there that you said that your friend told you about degree apprenticeships, not your school, yeah. you know, not your teachers. What was your experience like within school? And I know we spoke briefly before about your schools, your teachers, your parents. How was that for you in kind of, I suppose, breaking the news that perhaps yeah. you weren't going to go to university? Yeah, I mean, I kind of did everything as a secret behind the scenes. So <laughs> no, one, no one even knew that I was applying for apprenticeships. They were thought, yeah, he's going to go to Imperial, go to Warwick. And even at one point, I was quite convinced that I was going to work because I had so many rejections before Accenture. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to go to work and, you know, get a degree and come back and do whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was very much like under wraps what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Very few people knew what I was doing. Even my dad didn't know. Um, my mom didn't find out until I got my actual um, offer from Accenture. <laughs> so it was um, it was quite tough because I knew that naturally the background I'm coming from, it's go to uni get a good degree then job comes first and the stigma that's usually associated with apprenticeships is you know the typical oh builders and whatnot but things have changed mm -hmm. <laughs> things have moved on from there so that was the main reason why I kept it secret because I knew the potential backlash that could come from it even when I initially wanted to switch from wanting to do medicine to computer science because before I, I thought I wanted <laughs> to be a doctor although mm -hmm. I think I was yeah brainwashed into thinking so <laughs> <laughs> um um when i actually made that decision the backlash i got from my mom she was like not very happy with that so i knew if that was how she would react from me saying i don't want to be a doctor anymore to being a computer scientist or like a tech person how would she feel if i say mom i'm not going to uni anymore i'm going to go do, do, do a degree apprenticeship um so yeah it, it was very very apprehensive but they're they're the happiest pe people in the world now that Aww. where i am so yeah that's um, so nice and it's so nice to hear as well because at pathway ctm we hear from so many young people that's parents are from black heritage backgrounds asian backgrounds and it is tradition and they yeah. really want you to go to university so what advice would you give for young people in that scenario that perhaps you know their parents aren't very happy with them they might not they might be you know doing it behind their parents backs what would you say to them and how your parents are now mm. looking back? I, I bet they wish they kind of didn't say some of those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the most important thing to stress is that this is not an apprenticeship. This is yeah. a degree apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. So what your parents want, they're still going to get. Yeah. They're still going to get a degree. You're still going to get a degree, um, which is still going to satisfy them. They'll be able to say, yes, my son or daughter has a degree. That's fine. But what you are after is the experience you gain from it. So emphasizing to them that I'm not just ditching uni. I'm actually making extra efforts to make my uni experience more pleasant. Yeah. I don't have a debt. I don't have debt. And I'm going to be working alongside. A lot of people, when they go to uni, they have to do all these extra jobs at Tesco or this and that, which actually draws away from mm -hmm. their time to study. But what you get with a degree apprenticeship is you're working using things that you're learning so you're actually enabling yourself to actually remember these things and better do well in your exams because if you're using what you're being taught every day in your job there's no way you can forget it right so i think it's stressing those two points that mom dad i'm still getting a degree i'm not running away from that and secondly i'm doing it in a way that makes your life easier yeah. my life easier i don't have any debt i'm using i'm practicing all the things i'm learning every day mm -hmm. there's no better scenario mm. so yeah for sure. And I think it is just a huge misunderstanding and people don't think it's a real degree. They don't think you get a graduation, but you know, you get all of that. And yeah. like you've just said, 
it's actually benefiting them because they're not having to drive you to Warwick, Exeter, you know, Bristol every weekend <laughs> to take you there and back. So yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And obviously now they're so proud of you. And what was your experience like that, Magda? Like how was that for you, you know, leaving school and doing an apprenticeship? Because obviously you are where you are now. Yeah. You're kind of leading the apprenticeship initiative at Accenture. How does that kind of equate to what you felt when you was in sixth form? Yeah, so I... I actually took a gap year after sixth form because I wanted to go uni, but I didn't um, get funding by the government. I okay. was like, oh my God, my life is over. I can't go uni, you know, everyone's going uni. What does one do? So I kind of took a year out. Um, I worked for a bit, you know, just retail, stand the star, saved up some money. And I was like, I'm over retail, you know, I, I'm, I'm intelligent. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to do more with my life. I want a career job. Um, and then I just started looking. Um, and at the time there was like a partnering company that was just kind of showcasing different apprenticeships. So I just signed up to hear more about it. And then they called me and they're like, oh, you know, we, we saw your CV. We think you might be a great match for this particular opportunity, um, which was a level three HR apprenticeship. And I was like, okay, sure. I don't know what HR is. I, I don't know what Accenture <laughs> is, but anything is better than retail surely <laughs> um so then i went for the interview mm. they were super super impressed with the fact that obviously at that stage i was a manager because i started working in retail since the age of 16 so i had loads of experience and i was very much a go-getter very mm -hmm. much like hard worker yes if you want overtime i'll do it if you want this i'll do it so i was uh, at manager managerial position at the age of 18 19. Mm -hmm. so when i went in for my interview they're like yeah uh, and I'm pretty sure I didn't do as well as they believe I did, but maybe <laughs> because um, they just really, I don't know, like my vibe or my yeah. energy. I don't know what it could have been. Um, but yeah, and then five years later, the cycle's done and I'm now recruiting yeah. apprentices and kind of telling them that this is the way forward. Because once again, as Daniel mentioned, I am now in a career job. I have friends who once again have gone to university, gone down that route, and they're still out of work, right? Mm -hmm. Or they are still working retail because they need to make ends meet or have some extra cash flow, but they ain't able to kind of secure anything because of how competitive the market yeah. is. And a lot of people want experience, even at a graduate level. Yeah. But it's like, how do you expect somebody who's 21 you know, that has come straight after A-levels <laughs> to go straight into uni to have, I don't know, three or four years of experience yeah. is ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think a few questions listening to this might be, okay, so you've just spoken about the tech and consulting apprenticeship. Mm. Obviously, you did a HR apprenticeship yeah. at Accenture. Is that something that you've now got your two programs and they work really well? Or what was the change five years ago that maybe means they're not there's not HR one now? So we do actually have a HR apprenticeship. It just runs every two years. Okay. So some years we won't be able to just like advertise hoc, yeah. it. Yeah, so it's on an ad hoc basis. But Accenture is consistently looking at new programs to introduce. Amazing. Um, so although as it stands, yes, we have two main programs that we kind of rave and rant about constantly, <laughs> which is consulting and technology. Um, we are looking to introduce more. And obviously mm -hmm. on an ad hoc basis, there'll be other opportunities too. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And Daniel, around your kind of apprenticeship journey, I guess, how I'm really keen to talk about kind of the work, school into work life, because... 
I've experienced it as an ex-apprentice. You know, you get thrown in the deep end. You're in this massive organisation. How was that for you? And obviously thinking you're going to uni and then being like, oh, I'm actually going to be working in, you know, yeah. one of the biggest tech organisations. What was that? How did that feel for you at the time? Um, at, at, at the start, I definitely felt like a kid at like a, I don't know, a toy <laughs> park or like a sweet shop. Um, I was just so excited because um, I just saw everyone as like this amazing person that <laughs> was so off limits to me before because um, I'd never worked so I, I'd never worked retail like uh, this job I'm doing now was my first job still in mm -hmm. that job you know glory but yeah so it, it was definitely like, a bit of a shock because like I said I never worked all I've done in my life is read books and study um, <laughs> so even, yeah, yeah. So, so even doing like little things like timesheets at the start I was like wow if I forget this thing this is this is a big issue. Yeah, um, yeah. So it is it's just about actually getting used to the like unwritten rules of the working world. First of all, um, was a big change. But when it comes to like actually balancing both, um, it was interesting because I hadn't studied for like six months before I did it because I was the COVID year, so oh, I didn't okay. do my I didn't do my A levels. Um, so I had spent majority of my summer sitting at home playing games <laughs> doing nothing reading books <laughs> maybe not reading books but um yeah and then coming straight into like you have to work you have to do uni um it was relatively okay mm -hmm. um i think just because of the type of person i am like i'm happy to to work you know yeah. if 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 the pattern is monday uni tuesday to friday you do your work saturday mm -hmm. sunday you prepare for monday and then you end up basically always busy seven days a week that for me I know where I'm coming from. I know what I want. I'm happy to do that. Um, but also depends on the person. So how you manage it or how hard an apprenticeship is for you depends on what you want out of it. Because there's a certain way that you can be quite ambitious that that's definitely going to task yeah. a little bit more. Um, but I was okay with that. So I didn't, I didn't think the balance was too hard to manage. Mm -hmm. um, I was relatively happy with, you know, working, doing uni in the evening because... I used to do my uni, like my sixth form in the evening anyway. Yeah. So um, there wasn't much of a difficult transition, but for others, it might be quite hard. So I don't want to make it seem like plain sailing. Everyone's experience is going to be like Daniel's yeah. experience. But um, for me personally, it wasn't It wasn't too bad. And, and I think that's probably one of the main questions we get at Pathway CTM is, you know, how am I going to manage a full degree when my friends are doing a full degree, living at uni five days a week, you know, going out, partying, whatever, and then you're working. But I do think it's a completely different mindset. And I think if you're not prepared for that, 100%. you shouldn't be doing an apprenticeship. So what would you say to those people that are perhaps on the fence? They might want to do digital technology solutions as an apprenticeship, or they might want to do it as a university course standalone. Mm, I mean, so like you said, it's very mindset based. It depends what the person wants um, and how ambitious the person is. Also, the idea that you come into an apprenticeship and you lose complete like social life is not true. Um, the only reason that that could happen is if COVID happened again. Yeah, like, and we're locked away. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the only way, because what actually happens is you have a lot of work events, a lot of socials that you can still network with young people, because it's not just apprentices, the company has analysts who are like graduates who are still 21, who still feel like kids, who still feel young. Mm -hmm. So you can have the opportunity to network and you get to network with a purpose. A lot of uni events are just wasting time, having fun, drinking, doing all of this, but you actually get to network have fun with the fact that 
this person could be beneficial to me. I could benefit this person. These are connections that could last a lifetime mm -hmm. rather than just, yeah, we went on a night out and did whatever. <laughs> um, so it's like the, the, the main point is that depending on where your vision of yourself is, choose based on that. Mm -hmm. So like some people do genuinely just want to go to uni and have the uni experience and have fun. Feel free. Like, I, you can't be forced into a path that doesn't align well with you um, or doesn't align well with your goals. It's just about who you are. And that's me personally, where I'm coming from. The more experience I can get, the quicker I can rise, the mm -hmm. more I can be who I want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's definitely a mindset thing. Um, and not all courses as well make sense for an apprenticeship. Like, for example, if they start saying um, an apprenticeship in like medicine, you know, you actually, yeah, but but to be fair, I, I still think for stuff like that, when you need to do like deep technical expertise, go to uni. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you are someone who's pursuing academia and you want to go yes. get a master's and then get a PhD, and of course, definitely go to uni because that is what mm -hmm. is going to be useful for you. So, it's not everyone that the apprenticeship is suited for, but for those that are, it's those who desire to learn quickly, who learn more hands on rather than theory. I'm not a fan of reading books, even mm -hmm. though I've done all my life reading books because obviously you have to pass <laughs> exams. But I prefer learning by doing. So yeah. if you if you also fall into that category of you prefer or you do better learning by doing the thing, then apprenticeship is definitely mm -hmm. necessary. I would also like to add is I think it's also a stigma that apprenticeships are like super, super hard because just from an Accenture perspective, majority of the people that have been successful in our apprenticeship program have ended their courses with firsts yeah don't get me wrong it's a lot of organization time management and a lot of soft skills that you would have already hopefully obtained yeah. in college and in school so you just follow that through right yeah. um i guess it's also very different because of the support that you receive in a company compared to at university of course university has loads of resources yeah but the, re the same resources that are available to you are available to everybody else. So, for example, um, a career counsellor or something like that, everybody else has access to the same career counsellor. Mm -hmm. So they might be inundated or they might not have capacity, whereas here at Accenture, you have your own personal body. You have your direct HR partner who is there to answer any kind of HR-related queries. You have your specialised apprenticeship um, kind of contact so mm -hmm. if though you have any apprenticeship um kind of degree issues you go to them you have your ambassadors mm -hmm. you have previous um cohorts yeah. above you right so there's so and your line managers in your projects they also understand your apprentices and stuff like that so the help that you individually mm -hmm. have it's immense and it can't be copied no. at a university level. Mm -hmm. So obviously I'm sure that there's gonna be times that you struggle or you're at max capacity, maybe there's a project deadline mm -hmm. and you have coursework due in the same week, but that's what you have your, your network for, yeah. right? To support you and bearing in mind you're doing your apprenticeship with 30 odd other people. Everybody can support each mm -hmm. other. And that's another thing is like, um, when Daniel was saying about, you know, the social life and stuff like that. Of course, yes, there's analysts, but you also have 30 individuals with the same interests, the same yeah. mindset as you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people, for example, in a couple of the cohorts, people have gone on holiday together. A lot of their apprentices have moved in together mm -hmm. because they still wanted that independent life that I guess university brings yeah. you. But instead of doing it in a university dorm, 
getting in debt they're just you know spending their salary that they're earning which is pretty competitive mm-hmm. um on on this lifestyle yeah and i think with the difference with doing a degree apprenticeship is everyone's rooting for you like yeah. everyone wants you to succeed you know this company's paying money for you to do an yeah. apprenticeship they don't want you to fail like yeah. that's how i felt doing mine you know they want you to do it and if you need an extra day studying nine times out of ten they probably will allow that because they want you to do well yeah. in what you're doing um so completely echo everything you've said and agree with you because you know there is such this you know debate against uni or apprenticeships but it's just whatever works best for you and whatever you want if you don't need that self-motivate if you've got that self-motivation and you can do a uni degree on your own go for it but if you need to be surrounded by people like I did then that's probably a good option for you and just talking about that apprenticeship like the application process is something that we get questions and questions and questions Mm. about could you just explain that Magda step by step and then Daniel you talk about kind of how you felt at each stage and if you felt prepared or not yeah sure so I guess the Accenture apprenticeship program application um, varies if you're applying for the consulting or technology but mainly just one part um, but it's a very standard initial kind of digital application mm-hmm. so it's basically like imitating your CV um, on like a you know digital profile just copy and pasting things obviously elaborating there might be some free text answers mm-hmm. um, just kind of briefly doing an overview of your experience extracurriculum obviously your personal details stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and then that would be the first stage so obviously we would be looking for um, seeing what relevant kind of skills you may have acquired um, what kind of A-levels you've done mm-hmm. um, once again extracurriculum if you've done things like Duke of Edinburgh stuff like that obviously that will increase your chances of being successful and then if you're successful at that stage you then have your online um your online assessment which is basically like a case study based assessment and it just basically reviews your numerical behavioral and logical capabilities um just to see whether you can kind of um adopt or adapt mm-hmm. to the accenture way of thinking kind of um you know putting our clients first if you're somebody who's a natural problem solver things like that and obviously analyze maybe charts or graphs and stuff like that so it's all based as i said off like a fictional case study yeah. of you you know being somebody in a team and then there's a client issue at hand mm-hmm. um and then we have the assessment center which is a virtual assessment center so as it stands our assessment centers aren't physical they have been they haven't been since COVID Mm -hmm. um, as we feel like that's a fairer way to assist uh, assess as we do understand that not everybody has the capacity to travel you know for half a day in office and pay for that yeah um considering people come from all different um areas and Mm -hmm. I know some tickets like even Daniel here we were talking about previously pays like 44 pounds to get into the office yeah (laughs) yeah I'm with you on that (laughs) (laughs) exactly so to kind of make it simple and easy it's virtual it is like half a day there's a variety of different activities like prepared exercise a Mm -hmm. showcase um what you would have to pre-prepare before like a one-to-one interview and also some independent tasks Mm -hmm. um and then obviously if you're opting out to do the technology apprenticeship um program then there will also be a technical interview at the very end but for the consulting the virtual assessment center would be the final stage amazing and with all of that um daniel how did you find that process and uh, with accenture but also how many 
application process did you perhaps go through and why was it Accenture that was the one that you went with? Yeah, um, I did a lot of applications, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I don't even remember how many. Um, but I think before I even talk about how Accenture's process was, doing that many applications sharpens you as you yeah. do more. So the first one you do, maybe you didn't do very well. Then you get used to the process, you get used to the process. Um, so Accenture was actually one of the very last ones that I did. Um, and just before it, I had done um, PwC and they gave me some feedback on the um, online assessment. And based on that, I was able to take a few things of like, okay, this is what I did well, this is what I didn't do well. Then coming into Accenture's process, I was like quite well um, equipped to fix the things that I didn't do very well with PwC. Um, and one thing I'll definitely say is, of all the applications I did, Accenture's process was the most supportive. Okay. Because um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the only one where I had HR recruitment people calling me saying, are you prepared? Don't forget your interview. Which Don't shocks forget. me. <laughs> yeah. Which shocks me because obviously it's normal to you. Like people, our students, they still have A-levels. They're thinking about that time. They're, they're quite frantically preparing for exams, still studying. So it can be very, very easy for someone to forget that they have an interview tomorrow, especially when they haven't worked before and they haven't gone through that process. So mm -hmm. even the level of care and the level of like just love, just making sure that this is a candidate who has a genuine chance, so making sure that the, the, like they've leveled the playing field. So it's not just people who might have had some sort of like training to do this before, but generally everybody has the ability to get through this process so I think that genuine care was quite key um, and I think in terms of the whole process the online like application was you know relatively straightforward you just mm -hmm. put your information in um, and then the assessment the online assessment before the virtual assessment center itself is quite unique in the way Accenture does it I think like Magda said it's strength based not like what have you done before what mm -hmm. skills have you acquired it's what potential do you have mm -hmm. um based off all the experiences that you had before so it's not you don't really need to this is just for like you don't need to have done tech before you mm -hmm. don't need to have hard skills of i have done python for programming since i was five years old no it's just about like when you're put in a particular situation how does your brain think yeah how do you actually operate to get yourself out of a tight corner um, and then obviously the assessment center mine was very virtual and i actually have a funny story about it so Oh no! Before, <laughs> before, 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 what he's gonna say. before the um, before the assessment center, um, I got a call from one of the recruits at the time saying, oh, "Just, just so you don't forget, these are the things you should have prepared for your um, projects, case study, and so on and so forth." And my dad actually sent me on an errand to go like get him something, literally. 20 minutes before my assessment center so oh, no. i had to run to the shops come back oh, and God. i was like wow i'm not prepared i still had like shorts or whatever and i just said you know what whatever just put like a shirt and a blazer so it was the typical the, the theme of covid of like yeah you're wearing your pajamas in the bottom <laughs> and you have like a suit on top um and i remember just going into that saying you know what because at that point i had been rejected from everything else before accenture mm -hmm. and like one or two others so i said what's the point of me wasting my time i'm yeah. just gonna go to warwick I'll be fine. So I came into this um, assessment center completely like myself and free because mm -hmm. I had just been like, let me just do it. Whatever happens, happens. So I think because of that mindset, I came into myself. Yeah. The others, I was probably trying to be too much pressure. On too yourself. much to put too much pressure on myself and like just be who I'm not. Like mm -hmm. genuinely, just come and show my passion for technology and who I really am and why I really want to do this thing. So I think that helps me because I came in so relaxed, like. 
if I had going or not going it, I would have been fine. I would have yeah. been satisfied. Um, so that as as another advice I would give is when you're coming into these assessment centers, into these interviews, you need to just come and be yourself. Yeah. Like your passion will shine through when you are yourself. When you try to force a certain persona that you mm. think, oh, this is what people like, it, it's so clear. So it's yeah. so clear that it's fake. It's so so clear that it's fake. So I think the whole process of me coming in, like yeah, whatever it is, whatever really actually helped me because it just allowed me to be Daniel, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I think is is a big part to play in people actually successfully getting their apprenticeship and not getting it. It's just being yourself, let your passion shine through. Mm. So it's just a testament to Accenture's recruitment team for the Care Day show and being myself, yeah. Oh, amazing and nice to hear, Magda. Yes, most certainly, <laughs> always. And I, and I think that's really like a testament for a lot of employers and also young people, you know, like, 46% of young people turn up to an assessment centre. They don't even know what it is. You know, yeah. that they, they've not got no idea. Teachers don't have any idea. Parents yeah. don't have any idea. You know, it, it used to be just a final interview and that's it. But now we've mm. got like four or five stage processes. And I think your journey and also Accenture support is really important there for how, you know, students can succeed in the in the assessment centre, really. Um, so obviously you've both done apprenticeships. I'm really keen to talk about, you know, your career progression and, and what that looks like at Accenture, why that might be different to other organisations and just how you both feel, really, with being ex-apprentices, um, currently <laughs> former apprentices, I should say, <laughs> of Accenture and what you're doing now. So, um, yeah, Magda, let's start with you and kind of your journey into, into the role you do now and supporting future apprentices. Yeah, sure. So as mentioned, I did a HR apprenticeship. My apprenticeship was two years long. Um, so after I finished my apprenticeship, um, I didn't have a permanent position available ready to go. Okay. So it was a little bit like on the rocks. Okay, so I'm going to have to, you know, get a new job, which I had. I had job offers there. And then kind of uh, in the last couple of months, they were like, oh, you know, we've got your position, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I managed to stay in the role that I was doing, which was very much kind of... Um, looking at the back end of the recruitment process, so things like background checks, onboarding, reporting, a lot of spreadsheets and <laughs> um, kind of inbox management and that sort of thing, um, which I really enjoyed because I'm, I'm pretty analytical as an yeah. individual. Um, and I also love process improvement and I had free reign. So yeah. That's one thing that I love about Accenture. If you want to kind of improve something or you want to do something, you have the freedom to do yeah. that. As long as you kind of go forward to your managers and say, look, I think that this could be improved if we do it this way. They'll be like, okay, put together a proposal. Let yeah. us see. Present it. And then you present your proposal and they, they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. I think mm -hmm. this will work. Here's some support. Here's some budget if necessary. Yeah. Here's this. And then you can kind of move forward, which I really enjoy. There's a lot of... Um, autonomy that you have over your workload as well um, and in Accenture we have things like side of desk too so if for example your you know your job is your job right sometimes your job can become um, repetitive uh, yeah. monotonous etc but here at Accenture you can choose things that you are passionate about right mm -hmm. so I'm somebody who's very passionate about inclusion diversity social mobility um so I just kind of came up with a proposal of doing a social mobility focused um work experience week it's not an area that I had any experience in yeah. it's not an area that I was working in within our HR kind of function that's nothing having to do with my job role <laughs> but I'm very passionate about it I put forward the kind of 
idea and everyone loved it and then we run it and then Amazing. I was the lead of that and I, I think at that stage I was like 19, 20 when I'm coming up with these ideas yeah. and of course I'm, I'm leaning on other teams that have done similar things before and my colleagues but I was the lead of that and that's super exciting to be able to you know put that on my CV or be able to talk about it um, as experience especially at such a young age because I was given the opportunity to do yeah. so. Um, so I guess based off that I kind of um, continued um, working on those kind of side of desk projects that are very people focused, um, persons improvement focused and stuff like that. And then um, one of our colleagues went on maternity and she used to do my role. Okay. Um, and then I was like, oh, you know, I really want to work in the apprenticeship space. It's something that I'm interested, interested and passionate about. I love working with young people. I love giving people opportunities and kind of, once again, leveling out the, the playing field, right? Making every single opportunity equal to all. Um, so I went for it and they all rooted for me. All of my managers <laughs> wanted me to get it. So it was a very supportive kind of culture. And I did that for one year and I thought I was only going to do it for one year. Um, but then I managed to just be in that role ever since. Um, and I've been, I guess within my five years of being with Accenture, I've been promoted about four or three times. Wow. So yeah, it's not- Opportunities kind of, are there. Yeah, definitely <laughs> available, especially if you showcase that you have that passion, yeah. that you want to do well, you put in the work, mm -hmm. right? Um, as Daniel mentioned before, it's not always going to be easy. You do have to put in the work. There's no handouts, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're willing to do that, then sky's the limit, really. Yeah, amazing. And and what does that look like for you, Daniel, and, and how you finished your apprenticeship? Because, yeah, obviously Magda's story kind of fits really nicely, you know, HR apprentice into the apprenticeships team. What does yours look like? And did you, is it what you hoped for? Um, yes, it was what I hoped for. Um, <laughs> but one thing I would like to preface is there's no limitation in what, you can do or achieve in your apprenticeship is just according to your desire and your hunger for yeah. it um because you could come and do the bare minimum get through yeah. get your two one two two be decent on your projects and stay our analysts and that's fine but it depends on pushing the boundaries so my story is actually quite interesting um because i had graduated in september and I got promoted like pretty much immediately in the next like cycle of promotion. And I think that was only possible because of the things that I was unable to do by those around me. So there's this stereotype that when you do apprenticeships, you come in and you do Excel sheets and you do Make coffees. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so because of what people have seen from American movies. Yeah. Um, but first of all, we're in, we're in England, so that's a completely different region anyway. Um, but apprentices, apprentices uh, particularly at Accenture, you can do serious work, like if you want to. Like I said, everything is down to the person's hunger. So I remember in my first year, um, on my second projects actually, due to various reasons, I had to be thrust into like lead developer role. At this point, I had like six months programming experience, maybe six to seven months of programming experience. I really didn't know what was going on, but they were like, you know what, you've been here from the beginning of the projects, so it's only right that you go ahead and do it because there's no one else on the market to come in and take this role. So at this point I was 18. So can you imagine like an 18 year old having to be a dev lead role for like a huge transformational project um, at enterprise scale? that's what people don't tell you about apprenticeships like this is what you can do yeah. if because if i had gone um I, i'm too scared i don't think i'll be able to do it 
then the opportunity would have gone. It's about actually being like, okay, this is an opportunity. I just have to work hard. And maybe that takes some extra hours of work, but like I said, down to the person's discretion and the person's hunger. So all these things and just, you know, pushing to actually be the best I can be, pushing to learn, because I love to learn. I hate doing the same thing for too long. I get very like bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my way of thinking of like, this is a box of problems. This is how we would do it. I'm the type of person that I'm quite, in a hopefully humble way, um, confident in what I, I do and what I know. So like, when you come in as an apprentice, don't look at yourself like, oh, there's all these senior managers who know everything. They've been here for 20, 25 years. They know more than me. Okay, yes, they have experience, but the whole point of you coming as an apprentice is you bring a fresh way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things that actually worked in my favor was very early on, I would be quite outspoken about, I don't mm-hmm. think this is right. I think we should do this or we should yeah. do that instead. And as a result, it made me gain a lot of trust with my client. And as a result, I ended up doing taking more lead roles and more lead roles. Um, and it was actually like, as through all these things, um, went from being your you know your usual junior engineer to lead engineer to now be like an overall tech lead for a particular solution um you know in in a very very big critical <laughs> problem um i think it's, it's probably one of the trendiest problems at the moment on the news but um that's something that i've been able to do as an apprentice so whilst i was an apprentice i was doing roles like far beyond yeah. my level so what that meant was by the time i finished and graduated it was pretty much a, a, a no-brainer to promote yeah. this guy <laughs> um so which obviously thank god actually did happen so i got promoted i think it was december um and i'm pretty sure that was the first time in the apprenticeship history that apprentices had been promoted directly after being like Amazing. after graduating so wow. the opportunities are there it's just if you design and you want it because i think three of us got it out of i don't know maybe 15 to 18 so it is genuinely just the person's desire like no one is gonna say no if you push and you prove it yeah like there's no (laughs) there's no one telling you no you have to be here for 10 years first before you get this level Mm -hmm. it's a genuine hunger from you as a person so your level of growth is down to what you cap yourself at. So. And just uh, a disclaimer or context, all apprentices get promoted into analyst level when they yes. complete the apprenticeship programme. Daniel was just double promoted. So he skipped <laughs> the analyst level and went straight into consultant equivalent level. Yeah. Amazing. Chris to Daniel. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I'm conscious of time and things. So one thing I'd like to finish on, which we do on a lot of our podcasts is, if you were in the position that, you know, if you could see yourself now, what advice would you give to a young person, perhaps from similar background to you or a similar position to you? What's one piece of advice you would give them if they're sat there thinking, what on earth am I going to do with my life and career? Magda, can we start with you? I would just say do your research. I think any experience is good experience. Yes. So even if you was to go into an apprenticeship and it's not necessarily for you, at least you have industry experience, Mm -hmm. right? If you're not sure about where you wanna take your life or um, I don't know, you're a little bit confused about uni or um, 
degree of apprenticeships, take a gap year, take a breather, work a little bit, right? Yeah. Test things out, do some voluntary work, mm -hmm. do extracurriculum, right? There's so much accessible resources that are free that you are able to kind of dibble and dabble in things like marketing, like um, writing essays, coding, right? Yeah. All of these resources are there. You just need to do your research. Yeah. Um, and then obviously from there you can build up a passion. But from me, I mean, if you was to ask me when I was what, 18, 17, 19, oh, you know, you're gonna work in HR, why? Yeah. You know, I was, I was very much somebody who wanted to pursue um, social work, yes. and psychology, and I was like, HR, no. Yeah. I don't like the corporate world, it's too rigid, you know? Yes. I don't want that for myself, and now I'm loving it, yeah. you know? I'm co constantly trying to rave and rant about, you know, Accenture, corporate life, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. nine to fives are good, I promise. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. And what about you, Daniel? What would you say to yourself four or five years ago? Um, two pieces of advice. One would be from a technical perspective. I don't want to be just general. The first the general one is you were like you were brought in to actually do stuff. So yeah. don't come in with this mindset of I'm young. I don't know anything. I can't speak. Let me just let everyone be before me take the lead. <laughs> no like you're actually here to say your opinion because you don't realize that your little opinion can change like things drastically i can open like the people's eyes to things that they've never s thought about before um you're you're de i think definitely for i'll say young black people is you are genuinely quite talented like <laughs> not even quite not quite you, you yeah. are you are really <laughs> really you are really really talented so I, I I don't expect you to come and be, you know, in your shell, da 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 da. No, actually like actively push and let your work speak for it, um, who you are. Um so that's what that's one thing is just the, like the confidence in your in yourself, in yeah. your ability. If you didn't have the ability, you wouldn't even have gotten this far. Yeah. Yeah. Many of you wouldn't have got to A levels if you didn't have the ability. <laughs> so the fact that you're doing A levels in all these like very hard sub like there's no a level that's easy so the fact that you can even do a levels itself or whatever it is whatever is a b-tech whatever it is you're doing the fact that you've gone to that level shows a certain level of like um how would i say this doggedness and just perseverance to even yes. start with so you 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 are amazing be confident in who you are um and that's one thing and then secondly <laughs> <Love> uh, that. <laughs> yeah. um and and secondly in the from a technical perspective is be proactive. One thing I, I've seen quite a lot is everyone says, I have a desire in this thing. I want to do this thing. I don't know where to, but the proactiveness to learn in your own personal yeah. time I, is rare. It's a lot of talk of, I want to do this, but what have you done about it? Because um, even though I said I have no technical experience before I came into the process, one of the things I did before I did come in, this is by no way a requirement. This is just because I genuinely like this thing and I had a passion for it. So I was like, well, if I could start learning that, why not? Mm -hmm. is, I decided to build my own side projects. Like that's something that from a technical perspective, if you say this is really the thing you want to do, you will take the extra time to go and to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the advice I would give is if, cause obviously the audience um, from a technical perspective, um, if there are people in the audience who have that same desire to come into tech, walk the same path, is do extra stuff. It, it, it really does help and take you a long way. So yeah. 
Amazing. Well, thank you both so much. That's been inspiring to hear both your stories and hear about Accenture and the amazing programs that are out there. Um, and really hope that we've benefited a lot of young people really in, in there. And I'm sure we have by the great things that you've told us today. So thank you so much. Thank you.